Oh, man. Hi there. Good way to start off the show, eh? Uh, it's the Two Dudes Talk Tattoos podcast. Uh, it's me, Brian Othis, and uh, my co-host, Brian Matthews' show about tattoo and, and all things that are related. You can find us online on Facebook. We have a, a page over there, the Two Dudes Talk Tattoos page. Uh, and you can find Brian uh, online, Brian Matthew Illustrations on Instagram, um, Scarlet Veil Tattoo on Facebook and Instagram, uh, as well as the Tailored Fit Tattoo uh, Gallery. And you can find me on Instagram at Ryan, it's R-I-A-N underscore Othus, O-T-H-U-S, at Instagram. And that's that's basically the only social media that I actually don't really use that much either, but you can find me on it. You can also find me online at bettertattooing.com and the YouTube channel, Better Tattooing. On this week's show, we're going to be talking to Jim Foreman, the owner and curator of Art Collective Gallery, a art studio in Rogers, Arkansas. It's uh, where Tailored Fit is at as well. Uh, Mr. Jim is great. He's from Long Island. This this episode was actually just an absolute blast to record. Um, we, we ended up cutting out some of the other stuff, but i got to tell you, three hours worth of time went into this we're gonna split it into two like we normally do try to keep it at an hour but jim's great and i mean if you're looking for art you need to go to this guy that he knows what he's doing and he's he's just a great person you can find the gallery online at www.artcollectivegallery.com it's pretty cool stuff evidently mr jim has a pretty popular facebook and instagram as well you go find him out there as well the Art Collective Gallery. I believe it has all the underscores between the words as well. So you can go ahead and do that. You know, I took a bunch of notes when I was talking to Mr. Jim, and I don't know where the paper is, as well as I'm going on, like, very little sleep. It's it's actually really early out here, especially for a tattoo artist, as uh, normally our pumpkin time is a lot different than most people who work in nine to five. So I'm out here finishing up the episode about six o'clock in the morning. And if this is incoherent ramblings, I'm I'm still going to publish it because why not? Um, I guess it'll just let you know a little bit more about where my brain is right now. So starting like two weeks ago, we, we have this new cold open where we're you know talking about stuff. Well, I am. You have to listen to me before we can get to the episode. So like I said before, it's a little bit, you know, neat on my side, but I figured to do something different. Um, than most of the other people out there who are talking about tattoos. I'm going to try to give you homework on this show, which I mean, now I know, don't don't change that channel. The homework isn't actually something that you're going to have to go and study at home and then get back to me. I mean, if you want to write us an email, tattoos at gmail.com, uh, you, you can, but this is more or less just like a preface when we're getting into here. Maybe you have a couple ideas in your head and things to think about so that maybe some of the things that we say in here might land a little bit differently for you. So today's today's topic is about aesthetics. And normally in the Western world, we think about aesthetics as like fashion. You know, these shoes are my aesthetic. Or, you know, I like the color blue. But realistically, like aesthetics has to deal with like why you like things. You know, what's beautiful? Should it evoke a response? Should it have some type of emotional attachment to it? So... When we're going about the talk with, with Mr. Jim here, I'd like anyone who is listening, if you want to, of course, not trying to push my thoughts or ideas onto you, but I'd like you to think about that idea of, of aesthetics. You know, If you don't know exactly what it is, Wikipedia can always be your friend, but just think about why you like what you like. Is there a reason for it? And is only liking something because of the positive return enough for it to hold value? 
we kind of touch on it in the episode, but what if something just makes you uncomfortable? And what if something makes you disgusted? Is there value in that? You can think back to fables, parables, old stories for kids that had these, you know, crazy monsters going around and eating each other. It evoked a sense of fear, panic, possibly in a younger mind, but it was also there to serve a purpose. So there, you know, even if nowadays we might think of some of the Grimm's fairy tales as being a bit extreme, there still was value in that, right? So think about that and think about that when you're going about your day. Maybe just because you don't like something, it's not all that bad. Anyways, on to the show. You can also find me online at bettertattooing.com and the YouTube channel, Better Tattooing. I guess we'll start with this stuff. So, thank you. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> Thanks for coming yeah. on the show. I know that Brian is... Uh, here right now he's running late but um i was wondering if you could just tell us your name and uh maybe a little bit about yourself what you do should i go yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's real loose i, know yeah, I guess i could see that yeah yeah yeah. Uh, no, yeah just chat so my name is uh jim foreman i uh currently own a art gallery in rogers arkansas it's called the art collective gallery we're like one of the few uh, high-end contemporary art galleries in the area. Northwest Arkansas is pretty well known for the two museums that uh, Alice Walton started. One is called uh, Crystal Bridges and the other one's called The Momentary. The reason, the reason I created this gallery is because I, there were no contemporary art galleries in the area, uh. even though we had like two world, world-renowned uh, yeah, museums here. Yeah, yeah, right so, on. And uh, yeah, there was no galleries for anybody to pur- purchase art. So I, uh, I jumped on it and um, we, uh, you know, things have been doing pretty well. I have local artists and artists from all over the world. That's cool. How long have you been in business? So this is our third year and um, so far so good. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there, is there like, tell them by your accent, you're not from here. I am not from here. <laughs> <laughs> here being uh, Arkansas. Mm. I, I grew up in New York, uh, Long Island specifically, and um, went to college at the School of Visual Arts in New York, in New York City, and um, graduated as a uh, illustrator and then uh, kind of went into uh, more graphic arts uh, uh, later. So that's cool. Yeah. When you were doing your like post post college coming back out, like where you, you were just focused on art, like where I was focused on art. Um, mostly I was an illustrator for many years. Who did you work for? Did, is this anything like I worked for myself? Oh, you're just myself. solo right from the I start. Did, oh, wow. yeah. So I went, uh, that's what I wanted to do from the very get go. So I did, I did illustrations for publications. I did illustrations for advertising. Uh, so this was pre, <laughs> this is the, back in the stone age before computers and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, so I, um, so I did that for many years. I uh, started a business with uh, my brother also later, and we did like graphics and um, all types of marketing materials for businesses and specifically apparel companies like the Gap and Banana Republic and places like that that's neat it, yeah so that put me down a different road we, we i started doing more 
work for apparel companies after that. And, what, uh, when was that? Oh God, do I have to say the years? Um, <laughs> it was probably around uh, 90 or 91 where we started doing work for other companies. Right on. Yeah, so it was fun. It was fun. What, what got you out of the game? What got me out of the game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find, I want to create like a, the, the, yeah, the, the, the manager came out and that's <laughs> 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 funny because so what, uh, well, actually I wasn't out of the game yet because what brought me down Arkansas was the, um, was Walmart. They uh, needed some art directing leadership down here and they gave me a call and wanted to know if I'd be willing to work for them. They made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I, I said, yeah. yeah, and I came down here and we stayed down here. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, one of my uh, friends I've known for a while, he, he's got a VP role at Walmart, oh. in charge of nice. stuff. And he was working for another company and he said the same thing, right? He's kind of like thinking about moving out and he got approached by Walmart and he's like, Walmart, you know, whatever. Yeah. They sent him yeah. a letter. And he was like, fuck. <laughs> I says, well, yeah. Well, maybe I can change it from the inside. And he got there. He's like, it's not a bad place actually to work for. No, so, you know. no I mean, I, I, I enjoyed working there for the, for my time. And, you know, it was, you know, a lot of good people, a lot of nice people to work with. And um, it just, uh, my time was up after a while. And I said goodbye and That's moved cool. on to uh, building my uh, gallery. That's so. cool. You get a, a lot of connections working for that uh, establishment, we'll say over the years that so you could start. Yeah, to, like, I know a lot of people. So yeah. it was it was pretty, I, I had a lot of people that immediately came in to check out what I was doing. Well, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for the background there. And we know where yeah. you're at. Three years ago, you just kind of like, we're like, screw it. Let's just jump on this. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always had like an entrepreneurial spirit type of thing where I, you know, I wasn't afraid to like jump into something that I've never done. And, you know, this is one of them, but I kind of also knew a little bit about the art business, you know, being from New York and yeah. being in the city around the, you know, the late seventies, early eighties that, you know, which was a really important time for art. Yeah. What was it like back then? What was it? Cause like you get to hear stories, right? Like I'm, I'm 40. Yeah, so before my I'm time, I hear stories. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like wow, right? You get these very like New York has always been that that hub, that cultural yeah. center of the world. There's always like all the phases pass through there, and it's always big, you know. Right. You don't hear about stuff in like, you know, wherever. Just saying like, right. oh, the movement there was huge. You know, you should go there. But New York was right. always, what was it like? Um, it was an interesting time. I mean, the city itself was struggling, but at the same time, the art business was was thriving and the music uh, business was thriving they had you had the punk scene and the new wave scene you know you had going on um you had you know music was you know there was so many music clubs art you had you know people coming up like uh, keith herring and stuff that were you know started drawing on subway walls wow. and became like world famous artists you know it was just <laughs> like a a crazy time and you know yeah. actually i went to uh, when was going to college in uh, new york at uh, the school of visual arts I, that was the time that keith herring was actually attending the school oh wow and i had the opportunity to you know talk to him and meet him a few times and you know really cool guy and you know it was just like a really artistic creative time in the city 
that's cool yeah did he have an artist vibe you know like i've, I've traveled oh, yeah. a lot of artists oh yeah like, no he could he could make something out of nothing and it was just you know amazing yeah, yeah. i yeah, see was... people like that i just i yeah. i don't know i see brian like that he, he started this comic book it's just raunchy Mm-hmm. and he just like randomly one day he's like here i did a comic book I'm like, what the fuck? how did you come up with that right i'm like laborious about my approach to art i use like math and science and all this weird shit coming up with it you know and he just like sits right. down and creates stuff and every time i see someone like that yeah like, what is in your brain because like it's not in my brain right like i don't right. fucking get it and they have like a, a presence about them when they come in a lot of people mm-hmm. are either they're extreme right they're either really right. pure or they're really confident or they're really whatever you know what i mean and it's like I- yeah, I think you need all of those uh, qualities to do something like that. Yeah. You, you have to just like have this, I don't give a shit kind of spirit, you know, and I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And yeah. I have a touch of that, but I mean, you know, I, I could see that in Brian that, you know, he's very creative and, you know, just lets it go. <laughs> I don't get it. It's like, I, I don't mind critiques. Yeah, I have a problem with stupid questions, and everyone says there's no stupid <laughs> questions in the world, right? But I did, I did hang art a couple times, and I did okay. like editions and stuff, and it did well. But when people come up and you know they have their fancy glasses, and their yeah. coats, and they're holding mm-hmm. something in their hand, whatever it may be, and they look at you and say, "What was your inspiration for such things?" Blah blah blah. Right. I don't know. It's a fucking turtle. <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy it? It's for sale. Yeah, just did, you know, that's like where my shit ended. Yeah, that's that's the funny thing about the art world is that you 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 never say it's it's just a turtle. You you have to like you have to like create a whole story behind it, or else people won't buy it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so th- thinking of that, like that idea of story, like where you're at with what you do. Mm-hmm. Do you does the story interest you like when you're meeting people or like doing the art? Like, is it something that you look for when you're thinking about this, or how do you approach? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I I mean, I I like to know. I don't I don't want the the BS story. I want like what really drove them to do it. Yeah, you know, uh, I you know because I can smell BS from <laughs> a mile away, and I that doesn't really. It doesn't really help me, you know. Yeah. But sometimes when you're selling art and you're trying to discuss it with a, a customer, uh, you know, you know, sometimes you have to like put in a little bit of a, a sales. Yeah. That's when the the crap really comes handy. It's yeah, pretty. Just. <laughs> oh, Brian just texted me. I'm gonna end up. Oh, okay. I want to make sure because he's gonna be like, "What you fucking started without me?" And I'm gonna tell him right now. He's gonna be like, "Fuck." Um. I can't fucking type on phones. I'm just not with I'm like a finger uh, <laughs> typer. <laughs> yeah, it's like thumbs only, right? Take your time and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to go on there. I'm going to be like soaked. I'm, I'm like at a fucking uh, standing up on stage at a Stones concert right now. <laughs> you know? I never yeah. got that. You see fucking Mick up there going, do, 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 you know, do whatever he yeah. does. And then he fucking just like, yeah, you know, never even a beat of sweat, <laughs> even at like 80 or whatever he is now. That motherfucker still yeah. moves and shit, right? You have to, yeah, you have to be amazed that, at him because I mean, he's, he must be in like damn good shape, you know? Was he married I to like think. a fucking 22 year old or something right yeah, now? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like jumping around and all this kind of crap and doing his little, okay. you know, yeah. <laughs> Put the pony up there and he's just you know, yeah it blows my mind Shit. yeah no it's amazing so the so like you as 
an art dealer was going to jump right back in here. Sure. If somebody comes in and they're trying to sell you on them or their piece and they mm -hmm. come in with this fucking crazy, whoa, you know, whatever personality, mm -hmm. but, and, but they like feeding you that fucking line, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, that this isn't like, like really, why did you paint a fucking turtle? And they're like, oh, it was in my backyard. <laughs> you know, they're like, no, it's the most majestic species. Yeah. The universe yeah. is on its back. Like, what do you do? Are you trying to pull things out of them if you see talent? Yeah. Or are you just like, but like, I mean, you know, it's, I know from where they come, you know, I understand the, the business and I understand I have, you know, I'm an artist myself. So I understand the, the terminology that they're trying to, you know, <laughs> je ne sais quoi. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I just go, I go, I go with it. Cause I know artists are very temperamental and they're, you know, they, you know, they want, they want to tell their story about their art and I get it, you know, it's fine, uh, but, but, you know, eventually we get past that and then talk about the business of art, which is also important. You know, it just, uh, it goes from there. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I have to say no to people and, you know, tell them that it's, you know, not right for the gallery that happens too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of discussion that has to be done so yeah. it's almost like you're an educator in one sense from what i'm picking up with this like if people are coming and they're new they don't know how this stuff works it's right like you're like leveraging how much time or effort may go into try and get these people regardless of raw talent right yeah to, into the space where they know how this works yeah i mean i know it's it's funny that you mentioned education because i think that's part of my job when it comes to customers coming in and and not you know some don't know much about art and you know and part of my job is to educate them about art and what's important and what what is like in vogue and what's not in vogue and you know that that you know a lot of my a lot of the work i have here is very you know contemporary and very current so you know it's very important for people to understand that and i'm not selling them stuff on velvet you know what i mean it's like, <laughs> you know dogs dogs playing cards and all that I mean, it's like, you know yeah it's it's very you know it's important stuff and it's like collectible yeah. in many cases and uh so they you know it's education is part of it yeah but i guess that would take me to one of the questions i had popped up here when you were talking there a second ago is like do, do you think that like because of your past working in commercial art production and working for these mm -hmm. large corporations like you get what people like because you had to create that every day. Did that like right. kind of instill like an understanding on a more macro scale, I guess? Versus yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, I wish I had more time to think about that one. But uh, <laughs> if you want to push it off, <laughs> push it off too, it's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, it, you know, I mean, there's a lot to salesmanship when it comes to art. And, you know, it's important to, uh, to un understand that. And, you know, um, you know, when I was in college, you know, a lot of the fine artists would have you believe that they weren't selling their art, you know, it, what, that that wasn't important, that, you know, the commercial artists folks were like selling out and they weren't. And I, you know, and my impression was always like, you, you wait, you'll have to sell your work. <laughs> you know, you're, you're no different than the, you know, the commercial artists or the graphic designers or the illustrators, you have someone to please, you yeah. know, it was even like punk rock, right? Back in the right. day, eventually right. they had to sell their stuff. The mood was right. there, it was tangible, but you couldn't exactly. keep doing it forever. <laughs> Either no. had to die from a drug no, you, right, exactly. 
Exactly. You have to make money and, uh, and, and you have to understand what people want, you know, yeah. otherwise you're going to starve. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. And saying all that stuff, like you, you, you know, you kind of get how people see stuff. You understand, mm -hmm. like, we'll say waves in the art world, like things when they become popular, maybe when they die out, you can see these patterns or things going on, especially because you've been doing it, you know, for so long, right. so ingrained in it. And seeing all that stuff, is there like a specific ethic that you have to apply to being in sales? Like if, mm. if I was coming up to you, you know, like I, I grew up, my dad was a car dealer, you know, mm. and he'd, he'd hustle, 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 hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like his ethic was much different uh, than I think a lot of car dealers are at least exposed to in the, the ways today, right? And right. so like being high-end, being the stuff, like catering to these clients who maybe affluent, have money, have this mm -hmm. stuff. Is there like a specific ethic that you've had to develop at least when you're approaching these artists who are coming in, right? And they're creating art with their ego and their stuff on the line to where you're right. like negotiating those two things. Like, right. How do you work that out? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not always easy. Um... That's right, right off the hop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, it's not always easy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty easy going. So I just kind of go along with, you know, whatever they're putting down and I don't want to insult them. I don't want to, you know, uh, talk over their head. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really a, you know, I just kind of like go with it and not try to change them. I know how they, you know, a lot of artists, you know, are very sensitive about their work. And so you have to, you have to understand artists, uh, art being, being an artist myself, it's, it's kind of, it's helped me a lot yeah. in, in dealing with them. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought, I'm sorry if I threw a couple fucking diggers at you there. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, I'm trying to yeah. figure out from a philosophical standpoint, when Brian gets here, we'll probably end up talking more just about like the idea of like tattooers trying to become integrated into this stuff or other things about, you know, like what, right. but the, the idea, like it's straight, it's super fan, like, it it's it's fantastical to me right about the idea that somebody would create something and it could be sold and change hands so long after this person's passed away and become right. more and more and more and, and like invented the trading culture right you know, like trading mm -hmm. toys all this is like video games now are selling for a million bucks they're still in the box many right it, it's it's wild Crazy. yeah and i'm always wondering if there is just more to the background, right? Like if you're just a facilitator for, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, or if you like love the industry and you're into it, like how you're building upon that, trying to understand your place, what mm. you do, you know what I mean? And that's, I guess yeah. that anthropologist, you know, fucking philosopher side of me is just like, what the fuck, let me pick at this for a second, see what the fuck is there, you know? I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot that I don't know. I mean, and, you know, I'm willing to, you know, I'm really open to learning more about the business that I don't really know yet. Uh, I mean, I've already learned so much in three years of having this place um, and, you know, learning about the business of art. You know, I just thought it was, oh, you put some pictures on the wall and you sell them and then, you know, you get more pictures. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, but it's really, there's really a lot to it. And, you know, I mean, knowing what, knowing what people like and and you have to you have to know your area too that's another thing yeah. that i've learned a lot about is that when i first had the gallery i had some pretty outrageous work in here <laughs> but um uh, uh, you know we're in the bible belt here and i had some i had some things on the wall that 
people just like, you know, came in with their kids and said, okay, Johnny, turn around, let's go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, you have to know your audience. And it, it took me a little bit, but I finally, I finally know what people want, you know, in this particular area of the country and what it will just like shock the hell out of them and they'll just yeah. reach out. I was going to think so, about it. it's like that yeah. local, local, regional, you know, national, international. You're going to have to have the heartbeat on that that region, right? If you're right. working there, and it's a lot of funny. Like I have a, a friend who's a dealer who lives in Toronto, and she's mm-hmm. she's funny because she's like the only thing people want are fucking landscapes. <laughs> Everything else is avant garde, and I'm like I don't even know what that means, you know. And she's just <laughs> like it doesn't matter. She's like I can hang a million naked ladies inside of here, and people think we're a street shop that's selling you know skin mags yeah you yeah. gotta have stuff that's like even how you present it like where it's at the height it's at how much light is on it right because when you're flowing through you have to think about all of these right aspects of the setup to even get somebody to be engaged enough with the piece right at the distance that you want them so that they'll be willing to listen enough so that you can get them right it so they want to come back and buy it yeah no, no that's, that's in there's a lot there's a lot of truth in that and I, uh, here he is there he is. Um, <laughs> What's up, boss? Dude, you got burnt, bro. That's right. You, you got burnt, and I'm cooking right now. I'm starting to look like fucking David Lee Roth. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> fucking, the fucking sauna right now. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, My face isn't too bad. Fucking hey, dude. My neck is fucked. Been asking Mr. Jimson. <laughs> fucking good, good fight. He's been hitting home runs. Good run. questions. Really good questions. Hey, Right. Nice. <laughs> I was like, did he tell you he was gonna send you a list? He's like, yeah, and I never got it. I'm like, yeah, he got it. <laughs> but I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I lied and told him I was gonna send him a list of questions we would probably ask him, and then just yeah, never send him yeah. a list of questions. If, if if Brian lets questions be asked, I'll come in <laughs> so fucking prepared. I'll have written like 20 pages worth of shit notes. I'll put them up on the thing. I'll be sharing them with him. I did it before, and he's just like, "This is stupid." Like you, <laughs> I was mean to, but then I can never think of a list to write. I'm like, I don't fucking know. We'll just ask him questions. <laughs> Jim, how's your day going, man? Yeah, how was the? Uh, oh, how was your play last night? What'd you watch? Oh, <laughs> the play, the musical. Yeah, it was nice. It was the cor- a chorus line. All right. And uh, I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was it was it was entertaining. Uh, fun fact: yeah. When I was uh, in yeah. high school, I was you were a, in the cor- advanced chorus line. No, but I was in advanced placement <laughs> uh, honors English courses, and my English teacher had a night job as an opera teacher, so I would go watch the opera every weekend. Yeah. Oh, nice! So fucking cultured. I know. <laughs> it's, it's impressive. After Very impressive. Class, I used to just get high. Like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> go wander around in the woods touching stuff. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I put this in my mouth, maybe. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, from what I've heard, everybody fuck loves our uh, episodes with Carl. I've been getting oh, cool. a ton of messages from people. They're like, that was amazing. Blah, blah, blah. I usually have more guests on. I was like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> got guests yeah no dude we uh the numbers were up on all that stuff too which is kind of cool so that's great yeah we've been doing this for two months wow amazing amazing uh well we got we already got approached by paramount pictures for some stuff so it's fucking weird wow 
I don't know. I'm really good at editing, and Brian is always the fucking best at like ideas. Okay. And he knows when to tell me to shut the fuck up because I talk a lot. Would <laughs> you do this? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're the perfect nerd duo. Ryan is mostly book smart, and I'm mostly street smart. But both of yeah, us okay. meet in the middle. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think that was some of the questions I think maybe that uh, I had asked Jim coming up here, you know, like about ethics of sales, examining his history to see why he's uniquely qualified to be selling art in Arkansas. <laughs> he was like, fuck, <laughs> can I think about it? What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, shit. I can't wait to listen back on this and say, what the hell is I talking about? I got to cut out so much of what I say because I talk so fucking much. I may make everyone always sound like gold. Okay, great. That's how it works. I love that. <laughs> um, so, Brian, I've had a chance. Do you want to kick her off for fucking part two? Because what I'll use is the stuff I was asking Jim. I can probably just like intermingle with my fucking episodes and stuff. And then you know, make it seem more natural. That way you're sure, present. man. I don't really understand what you just asked me, but let's let's go. <laughs> just say yes. Yes. Mr. Jim, commercial art maker who fucking got hired by fucking Walmart of all places. <laughs> Walmart. 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 It's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. It's so cool. Wait, so what went down like with going Walmart? over some I missed all this shit. What do you mean? So, okay. how did you get hired by Walmart? I guess so. Like, for what role? What were what were you filling there? Yeah, so I I was more or less design manager. So um, basically, I I had a, a small team under me, and we did all types of uh, graphic design and textile design for their in-house, not in-house, but in brand name clothing under you know their brand name yeah so that's what i did and we did that for a long time and then uh then we didn't <laughs> <laughs> and then shit went south <laughs> but it was, you know everything happens for a reason and you know i i don't regret anything that i did or didn't do yeah i'm so, a big fan of serendipity know, yeah i'm with i'm with you on that I mean, every everything. I believe everything happens for a reason. So, uh, yeah, dude. Did you go through like art education and et cetera and shit like that? Yeah, his. Yeah, we did that. We did that. Yeah. History, just to, like right now, <laughs> just like a quick run through. I've drunkenly. If you want to, probably asked all of the same questions. Oh yeah, no, that was cool. We could go over it again. It could be like a test run. There you go. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, you'll have so many people tuning out. That's <laughs> He asked this question already. Mm -hmm. Should have been there okay. the night we were drunk arguing about Banco. <laughs> so good. Uh oh, there's a big head shake there. <laughs> you didn't say it right. For listeners, God. I do not appreciate <laughs> abstract art whatsoever. And um, oh my God, we're going to go down this road now. Strongly voiced those opinions at the art gallery. Yes, she did. <laughs> That was a good conversation. No one believes me when I say Van Gogh was Irish and not Dutch. He was born 13 hours outside of fucking Ireland. <laughs> Get over it. He's got red hair, pale skin, and he loves fucking absinthe. <laughs> That's about as Irish as you can get right there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me. 
All right. The bow sucks and he's fucking on board. That's all we got to know. <laughs> Jim Ron's a pretty rad gallery, and the, the art that's up there right now is just freaking outstanding. Uh, even some of the abstract work, I'm not going to lie about it. It looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, those really large paintings that you got in there, I don't know. I don't remember who they're by, but they're freaking sweet. And they have like this um, really old classical feel to them. Um, but at the same time, it's like graffitied up and just like oh, super yeah. modern. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. That's an artist. Uh, her name is Susan Grace. Um, yeah, she's really awesome. Susan Grace, everyone. Really Look that shit up. Look that shit. Where's Susan from? Susan is from... <laughs> I don't want to get this. Susan's from fucking... She's from the coast. She's from fucking somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> she's from the coast. That's all we know. Graffiti is not going to be from freaking, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, probably, but you know, I never know. Ah, Lawrence, Lawrence Kansas. Kansas. Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, believe it or not. Believe it or not. They're creating art there. I know. Here we go. The graffiti art of Lawrence, Kansas will be well known in the world. <laughs> Check out Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, she's, a, she's really a brilliant artist. She's really good. Here's one for you. When, yeah. when she came in and she was thinking about pitching her stuff, how much did you have to work through the art side of that artist? You know what I mean? To get to that point where you're working and did you just see this before you met the person and you're like, I got to like talk to this person. Like, how did that, how did that go about if, you know, well, actually a lot of people I, I find if, if I find them, I find them on Instagram, no shit, social media, yeah. okay. social media all the way. And uh, I, I saw her work and I approached her and I asked her if she would be interested in uh, showing some of her work in my gallery. And she said, yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it goes, it works so many ways. I have people approaching me, I approach them. I have their like representatives reach out to me. I have an artist from Italy that, you know, one of the, saw my uh, social media and was impressed with how much I post and everything, I guess. And uh, wanted to know if um, if their artist could uh, you know so show his work in my gallery. So it was like pretty cool. That's awesome. You know? Yeah, that's kind of like a way I guess we could think of social media as possibly like the great filterer instead of bringing down you know a bunch of canvases or something and just meeting you in person. Give right. you a way to screen things as opposed to like I don't know coming in and just doing the face to face. Or which would you prefer? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it happens so many different ways and, you know, it depends on, depends on the artist and, you know, uh, it helps a lot if they've shown in other places. Um, but that's not a, you know, that's not an absolute. I mean, if some, you know, some people that I, I have in here have not shown before and, you know, are just local talents, but uh, for the most part, it helps if you have shown other places and that gives me a little more uh, the warm fuzzy feeling that uh, everything will be fine <laughs> if I show you a work. Do, do you like talk back and forth with other places? Like if they've shown somewhere, maybe you'll go call that gallery or the owner or something like, hey, what's I've, what's up with this? I haven't done that. I mean, I because I, I know, especially the people that are kind of in this area, like, you know, like the Dallas area is really big on art and you know, a lot of people that I have in here are from that area because they've shown in, a, in other galleries and, you know, yeah. So, I mean, it's like if I see it in another in another gallery or online somewhere, it, it, it helps a lot to, 
convince me to show it. I got to stop you for a second. I got to say, Brian, that water bottle is the size of your torso, bro. Dude, this is the <laughs> best goddamn purchase. Look at this monster. <laughs> Look at this thing. Oh my God. It's a, it's a five-gallon freaking jug of Dasani. What the yeah. hell is this? This is... You can hang it upside down and feed it off of. This is 2,000 milliliters of water. That's 70 <laughs> ounces. Wow. How, does it take you long to go through that? Or what, how long does it take you to drink? I'd probably drink two of those in a day. I drink a shit ton of water. Oh, really? Oh, my well, God. So this morning, water. I get up. Uh, I ran five <laughs> miles. And then immediately, we decided to just go straight to the river and take the dog swimming. So we've been out all freaking nice. day. This that's kind of a norm getting out exercising drinking a shit ton of water that's how i keep my girlish figure now <laughs> he's brilliant he texted me the other day yeah. so he's got size 28 pants now i told him to go fuck himself because this, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this body is a temple this body i had 28 i had i had 28 waist in junior high school i think <laughs> Uh, my waist is smaller than what it was when i was in high school but okay so getting back on track here uh, uh, for people that don't know my artwork is in jim's gallery and me and jim have talked on the idea um a lot of tattoo artists around the world will generally have trouble getting their artwork into a gallery because tattoo art is generally viewed as lowbrow or the association of lowbrow artwork um tattoo artists all over the place are constantly turned down by galleries because for whatever reason gallery owners are generally fucking pricks that don't appreciate good artwork uh, <laughs> but uh oh what's your take there i think Why? that's a compliment i'm not sure <laughs> tell us how you really feel brian <laughs> yeah yeah don't hold back i love jim he's a fantastic guy I mean, he's got an amazing eye for artwork right. it's really cool um and not only that but we have discussions about art and shit all the time i think personally <laughs> i i surprised jim more than jim surprised art, me art and shit because i'm a tattoo artist that actually knows about art yeah you you do i have to hand it to you you know a lot about art uh, probably more than me <laughs> <laughs> I could say he knows more than me right off the hop. I don't even fuck. Right, right. He'd be like, oh, no, it's, you know, he, and likewise, he's a terrific artist. He really is very talented. And, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're tattoo or you brand animals. I don't care as long as like, you know, you're, you can paint and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's ridiculous to, you know, have this snob, kind of a, a you know personality to uh you know to turn turn down people because of what they do i mean that's just ridiculous to me yeah there is a, but, um, a really bizarre hierarchy that goes into the art world um that's really hard mm -hmm. to navigate around right right no i mean i i tell people all the time what that you're a that you are a um a tattoo artist in town here and that uh you also you know paint like nobody's business i mean your your work is like so great i really Thanks. i really enjoy it and um and you've sold pieces so i mean that's you know that's, <laughs> he's like you're making me money you know? right there <laughs> yeah yeah oh, so that's that's awesome now our commercial break. We got a we got a sponsorship uh, sponsorship spot from Dragonhawk. 
Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Actually, yeah. I, I, okay, so I think it's so fucking funny that it's Dragonhawk. <laughs> I thought you would have had a good laugh out of that, right? I was thinking about hitting up some other machine builders and stuff, and I was like, no, we got to go like, let's just go, let's lean into this, right? Like, No, I, I have no shame in that, uh, dude. I tell every fucking tattooer, every single person I know, I was like, fuck yeah, Dragonhawk, dude. <laughs> Spend a hundred dollars on a fucking machine. It lasts a year. You throw it away and buy a new one. Fuck it. This is shit, dude. More illustrations rather than because like tattooing is kind of it's an illustrative art, right? And so, in some cases, some cases not. But they're bringing in things like this to try and and sell. Like in your experience, mm-hmm. like what? What's the hiccup that would make it so that those pieces aren't going to be flying off the shelves? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I I would never show something that that is more illustrative than than fine art. I mean, I showed some of my work in here, <laughs> and I actually took it down because I felt it was more illustrative than than fine artsy you know where does that where does that split come in like how do we how do we you know it, it's i don't know it's more like what the, you know what the oh God. like subject um, matter maybe a vibe something that's it is the subject matter it is a vibe uh. i mean you know like somebody like uh um god drawing a blank or Herring, Keith Herring, What's Keith Herring. Keith Herring, you know, he's definitely like a street artist, fine artist to me. Um, but, you know, there are plenty of, there are plenty of um, illustrators out there that, um, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily see their art hanging in a gallery. I mean, unless it was an illustration gallery. Yeah. <laughs> but which, and there are some of those, um, but you know, as far as fine arts, stuff that people would want to hang in their house, or uh, you know, it's it's it, there is a there's definitely a line that um, you know I I could see right off the bat, you know, and I saw it in my own work and I took it down. <laughs> so honestly. <laughs> I assume Jim was going to look at my work and be like, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, he, he is a super realistic painter. Um, just terrific stuff. People can't believe that it was hand painted half the time. Um, so uh, it's just terrific. It's just he's super talented. And I couldn't, when I saw it, I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> I want that in the gallery. Uh. Yeah, for sure. Is yeah. it uh come down maybe it's like the idea of like reproducibility with these things? Like uh I see a lot of people who are doing illustrations mm-hmm. usually have a set subject matter or a set approach. They kind of all have almost the same techniques when they're doing these things. A lot of it could be computer generated versus not. Is that like maybe something to do with this? Like it's just kind of cookie cutter in essence, or is it something mm-hmm. else? I think it, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I'd have to do more thinking on this to really answer this intelligently. Yeah. But you know, I there is there is a, a difference between commercial art and and fine art. Um, 
you know, half the time in, in commercial art, you're trying to sell something. Um, and it's just, it's blatant, you know, it's not broad appeal. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, right. It does have a broad appeal. And, um, so, um, yeah, so that's, uh, there is a difference and, um, I, I just don't see, I don't, I don't see that as, uh, being a good seller in a, in a contemporary art gallery. I just don't see it happening. I do a lot of uh, illustration work um, on this side. You know, my illustration stuff is far right. more tattoo leaning. But even with that, I feel like that's a lot harder to get it to appeal to people. Um, mm -hmm. On on the the left side there of my brain, when I'm doing that kind of stuff, that stuff is so riddled with. Uh, mythological idealisms, um, folklores, things of that nature. Uh, it, I feel mm -hmm. like it's so far deep that people don't read it or they don't understand what the hell they're looking at. So mm -hmm. on a lot of those obstacles, I, I could see that in a gallery setting where you're looking at it and you're like, this is in no way going to sh appeal to anyone that walks through these doors. <laughs> um. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I think that there, I, I think that's something that you could read into, and oh, oh, if there's plenty of room to read into something, is probably more, more of a fine art piece than you would think. You know, I, I think it, it's the stuff that's, I don't want to call it dumb, dumb stuff, but I mean, it's like, you know, just like. Wrote. What? Wrote. Maybe. <laughs> Jim, Jim's just sitting there like, why are they asking me these hard-ass questions? <laughs> what is that? What, it's like no, these are things I think about actually a lot. I do. Because um, it's important. I mean, you know, I, I, I just, I, I do have a lot of people coming in and show me work and, you know, it has to have something, something, yeah, I use this term a lot to some people, I, I said it has to, it needs something else going on. And, you know, and that means different things to different people, but it needs something deeper going on. Wow. That's makes sense. Yeah, I gotcha. It's like, seeing from a tattoo side, like, like when we are creating tattoos, we're doing something because we're going into it with the intention of selling that piece, right? Right. Being commissioned to right. create something. Uh, usually we can have some freedom with it, sometimes not. But we're just doing something that someone else wants. It's like almost like being a line artist. I always says like, I'm right. you know, they're telling me what to do and I just create it. Uh, right. But I'm thinking of fine art, at least like my side, like on the, uh, the aesthetic side. So I don't want to get too philosophical once again with this shit. But <clears throat> there's something, you know, a little bit different between wanting to go in and just like make something for sale versus mm -hmm. creating something. Right. Mm -hmm. There's like a tangible, like, at least to me, when I look at something, I see that has been created versus something that's just going into like, you know, get out there and sell it. It feels different. Right. Right. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with, you know, I think the subject matter has a lot to do with it. You know, it's just, um, you know, and I think, I think probably tattoo art 
is probably leans in generally leans probably more into the illustrative side of art, I think. Um, you know, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but um, because it's you know it's it, it's not necessarily very deep art. You know, it's it's something that somebody wants to uh, you know have on their body, so it you know it can be just yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. deep. It's just that it's personal, right? Like right. that person picked it for X reason. It doesn't mean that like maybe it's something about the ownership of that piece. Brian and I were actually talking about this the other day, like the idea of somebody getting a tattoo of someone else's design and who owns it. And I was into this deep philosophical thing. And Brian's like, it's a legal issue. Shut the fuck up. And I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about like monism, pluralism, dualism of like yeah, yeah, yeah. principles and stuff. And I'm going all fucking weird. And he's like, you don't, you think too fucking much. Like someone else, no. <laughs> get fucked how's that i don't care if you use my stuff is that fine good all right done <laughs> that's funny <laughs> i always think so like when we go in to do you know like a, a creation for something and it's it has broad appeal and yeah. it's it that's that's a lot different than having a lot of like personal you know uh, value right thinking about it so it's not even just like yeah. creation stuff or whatever i mean i guess it could go either way with with tattoo art i i, I guess because there there is you know, some people that want something really esoteric and crazy and other people just want something personal, you know, so it could, it probably can go either way. That's cool. I always uh, view tattooing as we are the world's hardest working graphic designers or illustrators, because like, uh, as far as demand and things like that go, right? So like, you could have uh, just any illustrator or whatever that sits in a fucking office or sits at home and they'll have one or two projects a month. Um, they, they have what they call a deadline, right? And they're stressed out about it. Right. They have no fucking clue the amount of shit a tattoo artist can produce in a week and the amount of clients that we can have in a week. Our deadlines are literally right. like 12 to 24 hours, et cetera. You know, it's a like right. the the uh it's a really hard void to break when you're trying to distinguish uh these separate roles from artists you know and tattoo artists are kind of just disassociated from the art world a little bit up until recently mm -hmm. anyway um mm -hmm. without most people understanding the fact that tattoo artists work 500 times fucking harder than all the other rest of these artists right and on top of it Tattoo artists themselves, even though they're dealing with all of their clients, they're still producing art on the side. It's insane. Right. But I think because right. of the, the stress and the bullshit of our job, a lot of the artwork that gets produced on the side is incredibly vulgar and outlandish because at that point it's escapism. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're just trying mm. to get all their animosity and crazy shit out of their head. So they're producing this <laughs> really wild <laughs> shit. <laughs> that was the shit that I did. I sent everyone. I sent Brian some like concepts that I was working on when he was trying to help. I got an iPad for the first time ever. And I've been anti them my entire life. And so I finally mm -hmm. broke down. My wife bought me one for Father's Day. And I sent him stuff. And everything I'm drawing is these people who just look like, as Brian said, and I quote, it looks like they've given up on life and they're fucking depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What do you, I want to see that. Oh, I'll send you a couple, Mr. Jim, if you want to. Yeah. Most of my stuff yeah. is usually just like, I don't know, when I get into drawing, 
for 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 clients like i guess going yeah. off of what brian had said i have a very specific like i'm working right like i'm creating something yeah. doing this this for me to turn that off and to literally dump that aspect of my being out of myself so i can go and make something for me it's there's right. like a process for it and if it's not practiced and constantly upkept, it falls away so like it's sometimes it's really <laughs> drastic how you get your brain out of that space and into just thinking like what the hell do i like right Right. 60 designs what, this week and now like what's my real style yeah you know yeah my yeah. style is i like people who look forlorn and random places like you know just sitting there thinking like is this it you know <laughs> is this all there That's is like, brian's like why don't, why don't you use the fucking hands like it's so much more expressive than this face that just makes me sad i was like mm -hmm. good critique wow. <laughs> the next one i drew totally at hands <laughs> i sent him he's like now you're creating a story that's better <laughs> so, which is fucking great dude i've told everyone about that for the past week like, brian gave me another cruise they're like was it good i'm like that was great <laughs> wow that's awesome what I'm here great for. story <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's like in, in in our world like if you text over a picture to another artist right yeah, and this isn't even tattooing another person. Like, if you tattoo another tattooer, like literally, your life is on the line in your career. Like, you either have to move to another country, <laughs> not even another city or state. You got to go to somewhere right. else so they don't speak the fucking language because it'll ah. right. Or, or you've just got a seppuku. <laughs> fucking honorably kill yourself if you fuck it up, right? But if you if you text over a picture of something that you make, that yeah. then you like literally open yourself up. So every like no one wow. does it. Like no one really shares stuff. Brian and I do because like we're just buddies and we're like, hey, check this out. He's like, that's cool. You could have done better with that. It's like, oh yeah, cool. He'll send something to me. I'm like, did you mean to do that? He's like, yes, I fucking did. You know, it's like there's like you're defending your artwork and stuff, right? And uh, <laughs> it's kind of do you and speaking of that, do you ever give critiques to people when they bring in this stuff? Like, how do you oh yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they, I keep waiting. For no, I mean, uh, I, you know, <laughs> I think he did. He I mean, said, "You're good. That's good." <laughs> I mean, no, you're good. He's like, "It's good." Shut uh, up. I, I, I really have nothing to say <laughs> other than it's good. Um, but the, you know, there have been people that come in, and I, you know, I said, "Can I?" You know, I either ask them politely, uh, you know, "Can I tell you?" You know, "Can I give you some advice or some?" criticism about your work and you know sometimes they you know most of the time yeah most of the time they say yeah and you know i i say you know this might hurt you i might this might <laughs> this might it's constructive this might be you know yeah it but it is constructive it's always meant to be constructive it's not like i just i get off on insulting people um but you know yeah i mean sometimes i i do give advice or you know little you know a little critique of their work and um you know sometimes uh i see that it pays off and sometimes you know they i never hear from them again so it's, that's, yeah. that's my that's favorite yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is fine i mean i can't I'm, i'll never hang something in my gallery that i don't like or i don't think is good or you know i'm never it's so if you can't take a little bit of criticism you know just you know shuffle on down the road i mean that's about it criticism you... in my opinion is one of the uh foremost important parts of tattooing in general right 
And like, mm-hmm. you got to learn when you're a young little tater tot, you know, to just shut the fuck up and listen to anybody that's willing <laughs> to give you criticism because it will only help you. You know, well, it's right. it's insane to hear people right. argue against criticism. Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand it, and I wish I could just reach out and smack anyone I hear bitching and complaining about <laughs> other people criticizing their work. And I mean, so yeah. Yeah. on the uh, on the opposite side of that, you know, sometimes people don't really understand how to give correct um, criticism. You know. Uh, so right. they're just tearing into something because they don't like it, but they don't understand the difference between like actual criticism where somebody can grow and learn from it or right. just their bullshit right. opinion, you know, but no, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can think of several, I, I don't know if they're, I wouldn't call them beginner artists, but they're, you know, they just, I don't think that it's like they never had somebody care enough to, uh, you know, give them you know, a critique, you know, and I think that's, I think that's the important thing. I mean, I mean, you have to, you have to be open to the critique and you have to, you know, and the person given the critique has to care. I mean, you know, if you, if you're just doing it to be nasty, then that's, that's that's not not, constructive. You're just being a dad. Right. Yeah. Well, here's one for you, Mr. Jim. Like when when you look at, when you (laughs) look at people, Mr. Jim, I know, that's right. I like that. I can feel all self-conscious now. Thanks, Brian. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Jim, as I say, like, if yes. people come in and they, they bring you something, like you you may know deep down in your heart that it's never going to show in your gallery. Right. Do you, can you Do you ever make the effort, even with these critiques, where you're looking at it maybe in two different ways? Like if somebody, you see some potential, you'll give them a critique trying to make it better so that you know that they could show versus like, almost like breaking down the fundamentals, trying to help someone that way. Is there like a different way that you look at different art when you're interacting with these people? I mean, yeah. I mean, I sometimes I do it just so they could be better at what they're doing. And then, you know, other times I see, I see a little glimmer of hope that, you know, I would one day, you know, put their work in the gallery. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I do care about artists. I mean, I, I think, I think for the most part, they, like I said before, they, I mean, they don't, they never run into somebody that knows maybe a little bit more than them and, you know, and is willing to share, you know, some advice with them yeah. um, unless they've been to art school. And a lot of people yep. that I've run into lately don't have never been to art school and, you know, never been to college or whatever. That's 30% of it, and, right? When you go into yeah, art school, yeah. like it's 30%, you just get critiques. You learn how to take criticism. Good, right. bad, and other. You're supposed to get criticism right. from everyone and it's bad. Right. <laughs> They're not qualified. Hi, Doc. I know my foot's all <laughs> fucked up, but can you look at this? I want your opinion. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, you have to care. I mean, people have to care and they, and, you know, for the most part, you know, I, I really do care about, you know, people and, and especially artists and, you know, we're very rarely do they get, uh, you know, something constructive to, uh, you know, go back to their studio and, and change something. It, it's not always, it's, I don't always do it because I know that it's going to hang in the gallery. Like, like you said, I mean, I don't always do it for that reason. I just do it because uh, I feel like it helped them go, you know, improve maybe a little bit. And 
Yeah. I mean, I have people like, you know, pull up in their car and like show me stuff in their, you know, trunk. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to mention people's names, but I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, but I, you know, but I feel so, sometimes I feel bad. I go, yeah, I, I, you know, you know, I say it outright that, you know, your stuff might not be right for the gallery, but this might help you. Yeah. You know? That's cool. Real quick. I like the idea where you said that like a good part of art school is just learning how to take a fucking critique, right. <laughs> or just getting critique. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's all you get. I mean, that's that's like every day, right? You know, <laughs> if you can if you can't take some criticism, you're you're in the wrong business. Well, we're always uh, when we're doing these sort of things, we're always looking at like how things can associate to the tattoo industry, or like how things from uh, outside world stuff just kind of transfers over into tattooing, and um, a lot of the same thing. So, like when you go into an apprenticeship for tattooing. What you're really doing is you're there to take the critique. You're there to learn, right? And then be told right. what you're doing wrong, right? Uh, right. Uh, there's there's a large spectrum in the tattoo world where everybody is so primarily focused specifically on brands and the types of tools that they're using, mm -hmm. not understanding that those things don't really necessarily matter that much. You know, like I can paint with mm -hmm. any goddamn paintbrush; it doesn't fucking matter. But knowing mm -hmm. how to paint is why I can paint with any goddamn paintbrush and knowing how to tattoo right. is why I can use any brand of tattoo needle or any brand of tattoo machine, you know? So it's a really, hmm. it's a really good branch from the art community over to the tattoo community. Right. Slowly evaporating too, because it's not really focused on that anymore. At least like Brian and I do this, everyone, when you see something, there's a myriad of ways that you can instruct someone to try and improve something. And it's always like micro adjustments at a time, right? You can't do a fundamental swing in things because they'll destroy people. So I have a question for you guys. Bring it. <laughs> um, the first one. First one. We asked Carl. We were like, Carl, do you want to give us a question? He's like, no. So the, the better tattoo artists out there, do they have a background generally in some in illustrative art or in art in general, do they, are they good at drawing or is it a lot of copying and, you know. Like where they um, come up from, right? Like is yeah, the foundational yeah. aspect rooted in the arts, maybe academic right. or otherwise before they get. Because I know like Brian, but, but, I, but I know like Brian can draw anything. I mean, it, it, yeah. you know, it's clear. I'm just a giant nerd. I've never gone to art school or any of the above. Um, no, I mean I'm not. I'm not but, saying you have to. I'm just. What I'm saying is, it's like, do they have like a background in 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 art? I mean, do they? You know, yeah, have so they learned it? I would say uh, a majority of the better tattooers that are out there may not have an art school background, and some do. You know, so. There's a there's that some do I mean even David Gluck fucking tattoos now and David Gluck's an incredible painter. Um, no way, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we haven't talked about that before. David Gluck, Canadian no. painter, funny yeah. as fuck. He's one of the coolest yeah. dudes ever. Recently started tattooing uh, like two years ago, three years ago, maybe even longer ago than that. It was it was a while ago, but. Wow. He's incredible. His tattoos are great. His art is great. Awesome. Uh, Teresa Sharp went to art school, I'm pretty sure, yeah. and got out of art school and yeah. went into tattooing. Um, yeah. But more specifically, there's a lot of tattoo artists that 
became really great at tattooing, but they were hyper-focused on art in general. You know, they might not have went to art school, mm. but they had a really great drive to be focused on specifically their artwork and learning about their artwork and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Some of the best neo-traditional tattoo mm. artists out there use examples or the art history and teachings from people like um uh your art deco guys and art nouveau guys and stuff like that Uh, right um you know so they they study that work and they try to invest their efforts into you know taking information from all of that into what they're specifically doing one dude (laughs) (laughs) there's that one dude we all know that we know that one dude yeah uh, yeah yes the you can tell right away though that the better that they approach their artwork the better their tattooing gets because once again tattooing is okay. just a stupid bullshit process right it's it's just a replication process so you have to get good on the back end of it you have to be able to sit down at a table and draw or paint or know what the fuck you're doing on paper before you ever get to skin right. and right. that's just the law of the land you know it's going to be really mm-hmm. rare and few far between that you find somebody that's really fucking great at tattooing but can't draw for shit <laughs> right right what, what made me think of that is that uh you know there's ever since the you know the advent of the computer is like everybody thinks that they're a graphic designer now. <laughs> of course and you know yeah and a lot of you know so you can throw a shade, Mr. People. Jim. It's fine. Just fucking shave down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying a lot of, you know, there's shit. a lot of people that they, they rely very much on the computer to do their job. Yeah. And, you know, I'm old school. So I'm like, I'm back in the, the day of like doing paste ups and, you know, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that, using Lucigraph and everything. So, um, okay. So yeah, so that's that. That's what brought up that question. I'm like, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, the better one, the better tattoo artists are old school. You know, they believe in learning from the past and bringing it forward into their new work. Yeah, it's it's. It would also be really important for a lot of other people to start paying attention to those types of things. Nico Hurtado is a phenomenal realism tattoo artist, but he's a phenomenal fucking oil painter. You know, he paints realism uh, and it's just gorgeous. Carlos Torres, same thing. He's a black and gray yeah, artist. His artwork on canvas and paper is just phenomenal. You know, and the list just goes on and mm. on and on. A lot of people look at the tattoo mm. work and they go, how the fuck do they tattoo like that? But they never stop to actually look at the artwork yeah. and go, God damn, he's a great artist. Yeah, that's a, amazing. It's a generational thing too, right? Because if you think back to yeah. when this this renaissance and tattooing started happening it was because there was people who were you know coming out of college coming into it because it became a feasible career mm-hmm. tv shows started and became more popular you know it was mm-hmm. almost like well i couldn't get a job at x place making whatever thing i, I can get into tattooing and it, it was weird because it was like the the cast-offs who maybe didn't have enough skill or connections or this or that to get into that they came into tattooing and they started bringing those concepts into it and it slowly disseminated right like 2000 it's like 2007 or something like that like is when it all kind of just started to fucking scope uphill when you started seeing people mm-hmm. trying new things right and bringing those ideas that's that period of time that we call the tattoo renaissance yeah everything started to happen <laughs> shit started clicking started, and right. artists started coming out of the woodwork 
just it was wild. yeah they started and it was the time of experimentation too like you can usually see those big explosions in art when something new is happening right? a new technology mm-hmm. a new thought a new vibe a new trend something right and so they came here and they tried a lot of stuff a lot of people tried a lot of stuff and a lot of it does not work a lot of it doesn't right. work because skin is not like canvas or like clay or like paper you know but we still put it mm-hmm. out there and it, it was really interesting because there's like so much more that got dumped into the into the plate of these people, right? It was like this uh, generational divide where the people before right. flash shops didn't know have to didn't have to know how to draw. You pull something right. and it's all technical, and you're doing the same Cherry Creek, you know, two cherries, right? The star in the background, light blue shading around the outside. You do that, you know, 14 times a day, make a couple hundred bucks, go home. To where, you know, you'd have somebody like Brian walk into the shop, and just destroy for like for mm-hmm. like wow. I didn't know you could yeah. do that shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we all have stories like that too on our side. Like I remember Corey Ferguson, who's uh, he does geometric work now, right? In 2002, 2003, he moved to Toronto, Ontario, Canada, which is where I was doing my, my apprentice apprenticeship. He went to the first tattoo convention that I had ever gone to up there. It was when it was uh, the Toronto Tattoo Convention instead of this Northern Ink explosion bullshit that it's now. And he walked in, he wiped the board. And then he did a victory lap afterwards. And there's a lot of tattoo shops. Toronto's not a small place, about the same size as Chicago. He went to every shop. And he walked in the front door. He's like, hi, I'm Corey. I want everything. And then fucked off out the door, right? Just, (laughs) (laughs) I remember I seen his stuff. I'm like, how can he do that? Yeah. And the dude I'm working with, he he won't last. And I'm like, I think you're fucking high, which you probably won't. (laughs) And, uh, then you just start looking right and thinking who can do these things like how is that possible like how can you do that on this stuff and it's just like brian said yeah before you can try it on something that used to be back in the day like you you could if you couldn't pull it off on paper there's no way you should try it on skin right because you just don't know how it's going to work right right sorry (laughs) (laughs) no it's good stuff um thanks for answering my question uh now you just gotta ask more questions yeah <laughs> so, yeah i'm sure i can you can also find me online at bettertattooing.com and the youtube channel better tattooing